Hi, welcome back to Litcentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. In our last episode, I asked you to share with me some areas where you'd like some support with literacy in your classrooms. And I want to thank those of you who've already emailed me and contacted me on social media to tell me your thoughts and your concerns, not only this year, but as we move forward, you know, starting next year with schooling and all the changes that will probably take place then. I realized, though, that there might be some additional support that you might need that falls a bit outside of the literacy kind of realm. So, for example, I was talking with one of my really talented teacher friends the other day. Uh, We had a Zoom call together. She lives in a very different part of the state of California. And she shared with me that communication between parents and teachers was something that she noticed that some educators have really learned to be quite good at and others seem to really struggle with. And as teachers, it's really our job to improve in this area because we can't expect you know parents to take that on themselves. And I thought it was really great insight on her part. And it certainly relates to literacy because you know how we communicate student learning goals and challenges and successes can make a really big difference in our relationships with students and their families. So if there's an area like communication or other ideas that you have that kind of fall outside the literacy realm, I'd still love to hear about those too. Uh, Because, you know, there may be a way that I can help or point you in the right direction with a resource that can really be useful to you. So again, email me at juliawebb.centric.com or easy enough, follow me on social media, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, even, you know, YouTube and Pinterest, although those aren't really the easiest ways to communicate. But uh, you can, you know, let me know on social media some of the things that you're thinking about as well, whether they fall directly inside the literacy arena or if it's something kind of tangential to that, but still related, uh, I'd love to hear it all. So let me know um, what you're thinking about, where you'd like support, and I'll think about ways I might be able to help you. I'm really excited about today's episode and our topic. We're gonna be taking a look at the unlikely hero, and we're gonna use the text Super Sloth by Robert Starling. Now, Super Sloth is so much fun. Really, and I mean, it's it's a delightful book, and its cleverness will actually make you laugh out loud. It's really, really cute. And I actually discovered it at our local bookstore. We have the tiniest little bookstore. I think at one point, the former owner told me that it was the smallest bookstore like west of the Mississippi or something like that. It is like a postage stamp. It is the tiniest little store, and it's a lovely store called Main Street Bookmine, and in it... They have a lot of great children's books, luckily, even though it's really, really tidy. And my daughter and I were in there before the holidays, and they had a few different things in there besides books, you know, fancy pens and some stuffed animals and puppets, you know, things like that that you sometimes see in bookstores. And she fell in love with this stuffed animal sloth. And I thought, oh my gosh, I love sloths, like in real life. I actually really like those animals. And while she was looking at the sloth, I was discreetly looking at the children's books, and I came across Super Sloth. And when I saw how she fell in love with the stuffed animal sloth, I thought, okay, this makes kind of perfect sense for a holiday gift package for her. So I went back later on and purchased those and surprised her um, at Christmas time under the tree. She got to open these and she was so thrilled and now loves the book. And of course, takes her sloth, who she named Slothy, uh, takes him everywhere with her and he's very much loved. So that's one of, I always tell her, you know, we're not going to buy any more stuffed animals because she has, you know, a thousand stuffed animals. 
but I could get behind this one because uh, it went along with a great book. So that was my excuse <laughs> for buying her that. And actually, she got so excited, she asked me to sew um, a cape for her own sloth doll so that he could look like super sloth. So that's what, we, that's what we did. He has his own little superhero cape. But what I love to use this book for, actually, there's so many possibilities for this text. But what I love most is the idea that the slowest animal could actually be the other animal's problem solver. Because you don't think about a sloth as being particularly heroic or strong or brave. This sloth has some of those qualities, but he really truly is a sloth. He's incredibly slow, right? I mean, that's just how sloths are. And the unlikely hero plot really kind of makes everyone believe that one day they too could save the day. So it kind of makes, you know, the unlikely hero in all of us a little bit more heroic and brave in the end. So let's take a look at today's text, Super Sloth. Now, this is one of those books that, uh, you know, remember in, in season six here at Less Centric Radio, we're talking about classroom classics. And this book is one of those that's destined to become a classroom classic because it just came out in 2019. So it's a very new book. But I think once you read it and fall in love with it the way we have, it's definitely going to be one of those books you're going to want to have on your bookshelf. So in Super Sloth, Sloth is an ordinary sloth, and he lives in the jungle until one day he discovers a comic book with a superhero character in it, and he's hooked. He reads it over and over again, and then he wonders if he could be a superhero too. So he gets his chance when Anteater starts stealing other animals' mangoes. And everyone thinks it's impossible to get the mangoes back. And how can such a slow animal possibly help, right? But Super Sloth eventually finds a way using his unique talents and skills. And he becomes the superhero he always dreamed he could be. It's a very cute, darling, endearing story and very, very funny. In our bridge chart today for Super Sloth, we're gonna be exploring this idea of the unlikely hero. And actually, students are gonna create a plan, a narrative plan for a story with an unlikely hero. And that's what they're kind of ultimately working towards here. For the bridge chart, in order for us to understand what the unlikely hero is, we have to understand kind of the traits of a traditional hero. So we're gonna make a T-chart with those two topics, traditional hero and unlikely hero. And I also love to um, add pictures to this chart just to jog students' uh, memories about what kind of comes to mind with a traditional hero. Now you can supply some of these uh, pictures ahead of time or you can ask students to tell you about some of the traditional heroes that they know of and maybe include those pictures on the chart. So they may um, you know, come up with superheroes like from comic books like Superman and you know, Batman and things like that. They might also come up with traditional heroes, you know, like Martin Luther King Jr., like real life heroes too. All of those are fine because all of those traditional type heroes have lots of things in common. And so we're gonna be drawing those out. The unlikely hero side, we definitely wanna put an image of sloth on there from the book, Super Sloth. Um, but also there may be some other stories that you can think of that have unlikely heroes in them. They could also even be from movies, real life, those kind of things. So again, um, having students generate some of those ideas and including some of your own, I think would be a great, uh, great idea. And those visuals 
will help kind of solidify this contrast we're going for between traditional heroes and unlikely heroes. So on the traditional hero side, we um, have some things like speedy and inspiring. Um, I even have a word like conspicuous. So they're really easily seen, right? They're usually out in front. Um, they're not in, in the shadows, right? Those traditional heroes very much are these figures that people look to. They're always in the right place at the right time. And oftentimes they fly, right? <laughs> you think about like a Superman style, which is definitely what super sloth kind of is trying to be. On the unlikely side, we're gonna contrast that with things like uh, Sloth, who's slow. <laughs> um, he's very uh, doubtful. He believes in himself, but other animals aren't convinced yet, right? Um, he's inconspicuous, so he's hidden. He, uh, you know, that's actually how he ends up saving the day is he uses his slow, um, his slowness and his ability to hide to actually solve the problem. He's always late because he's too slow to get there fast enough, right, to solve the, to solve the crime or save the day. And he easily falls, right? He actually doesn't fly. <laughs> he's a real sloth. So he falls and he's a bit clumsy. So those are the types of things that we're looking for um, on this chart. When I build it with students, I don't do a rundown like that, obviously. I'm trying to get them to generate as much as possible from their background knowledge, as well as their experience reading the text with me. And that's where those images come in. Those can help conjure up some of the um, information that they already understand about this um, kind of hero contrast. So if I um, talk about, what do you know about these heroes? Oh, they're really speedy, they're really fast. So we would add that to the traditional side, and then we'd immediately go to the super sloth text and pull out the difference there. He's not speedy, is he? What is he? Oh, he's really slow. Great, let's add that to the chart. So now we have an immediate contrast between those two things. Then we go back to a traditional hero. Maybe they come up with, you know, oh, everybody looks up to the hero, and I would probably say, great, that means they're inspiring. I would give them that language and attach it to the chart. Then again, we'd go back to Super Sloth and see, now let's look at the animal's reaction to Super Sloth. Do they find him inspiring? No, they don't. They actually, you know, kind of dismiss him a little bit. They're a little bit doubtful that he's actually capable of, of saving the day. So we would go back and forth like that slowly, pulling evidence from the text and matching it to our descriptions and background knowledge of traditional heroes. The great thing is about this particular bridge chart is it doesn't take a lot of time to complete it because the kids will be able to gather a lot of this from, you know, just reading the Super Sloth book. The, uh, the area that I like to focus on a lot is really making sure they understand um, two things. One, I want to give them some really good academic language to attach to on these charts, like the word inspiring or conspicuous, words like that that I know my students won't necessarily generate on their own. So I'm going to take that opportunity to kind of up the ante with their language a bit. The other thing I want them to really walk away understanding, and actually they will definitely walk away with this, or hopefully walk away with this from the uh, text-dependent questions that I ask throughout the text. What I'm trying to reinforce with those questions and with this chart is that the unlikely hero has very good qualities and traits. They may be different from what we normally expect to see with the hero, but those those unique skills and traits and talents that they have have to get tied very carefully to the plot so that they become you know real talents and skills that save the day so that's really the connection here we have this hero that kind of stands out 
maybe in a not so great way, but we've got to attach it to a plot where now that hero makes sense and is no longer unlikely. So that's what we're doing with our writing task is helping them to create a plan to connect that um, unique character to a plot that makes sense where in the end they save the day and they're everybody's hero. And the cool thing about this writing task, you have a couple ways to think about it. It is a narrative task because I'm ask, asking them to really plan a story and develop a character, but all I'm asking them to do is create the plan. Um, in this task itself, they don't necessarily have to take it to the next step of completing a whole narrative. Most of my students will want to though, because once they've done this exercise and they get invested in this character and this unlikely nature, you know, it's really fun to think about a plot that matches that and how to make the character come out on top. So a lot of my students, after doing all that work and all that thinking, they'll want to finish writing the story and actually, you know, create something out of it. But I'm not necessarily asking them to do that in this writing task. I'm really just asking for the plan. So you can require your students to take it through all the way to writing the full narrative, or you can leave it up to them and say, well, if you, you know, don't want to develop this one, work on a different piece or develop a different character and choose between the two or, you know, however you want to handle that. So not every writing task has to be a complete, you know, fully fledged published piece of writing, does that? I mean, it's really just a task and it's there to help us exercise, you know, a particular strategy or skill that we're trying to learn how to apply. And with Litcentric Radio Lessons, the whole idea is that by reading the text and using the text to minute questions and creating this discussion and bridge chart together, students are fully prepared cognitively and language-wise to actually um, you know, attack this writing task and take all that knowledge and experience and apply it to something important. That's what we're trying to get uh, kids to do. We're preparing them for these types of strategies and skills and tasks. Now, if you're interested and how, you know, having the details of those things, remember that at litcentric.com in the shop tab, I actually have, you can actually purchase Litcentric Radio lessons. So I do share most of them, you know, on the podcast with you. But um, if you want the specific text-dependent questions and the answers that go with them, I even tell you exactly which page number, you know, you're supposed to be asking those on. I have a sample on there of what the bridge chart um, can look like with your students after you build it with them. There's writing task, even with writing paper for students to use. It's all right there for you. So if you're inspired by one of the, uh, you know, books or one of the podcast episodes, you can find that in the Let's Centric Radio growing bundle of lessons. Once you purchase it once, the lessons just keep coming and you don't have to uh, purchase it anymore, which is really cool. Also, though, on, the, on my website, I do have now collections of lessons from each uh, season. So if you're not interested in um, looking at or, you know, acquiring every single lesson or you just want to, you know, try them out for a while with your students, you can purchase them by season. So right now we're in season six, so that one's not posted yet, but we do have seasons one through five. And uh, there's either 10 or 10 to 12 lessons in each one, and you can purchase that for one price and just get those and try them out. So I hope you'll make sure you get a copy of Super Sloth. It's a great book. And actually, Robert Starling has a lot of really fun books. He does a lot of interesting characters he's created himself, um, you know, that aren't necessarily animals or like little monster creatures, which is kind of fun. But I really, really love Super Sloth. I'm so glad we found it in our bookstore. Now, if you're a fan of Litcentric Radio, could you please give a little back to the show and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts? Your feedback actually really helps me to improve the podcast, 
and it helps other teachers discover Lit Centric Radio. And I'm always trying to reach more people because, you know, honestly, there is so much out there that is such garbage on the internet. <laughs> there's garbage podcasts, there's garbage articles out there. There's so much stuff out there, you guys, that just isn't really high quality curriculum, isn't high quality experiences for students. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to start Lit Centric Radio. I thought it was a good medium to share these types of conversations and these, um, you know, more rigorous level of tasks and experiences for students and how to scaffold that for them. So I'm hoping that those of you who listen week after week have shared some of these lessons and tried them out with your students. And uh, you're actually telling your teacher friends about the show. And something you could really do to give back would be to give a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate that. It's great. I already have some on there, but it's been a long, long time since we've had any. And so it'd be wonderful to hear from you and, uh, you know, hear what you like about the show and how it's benefiting you and your students. I'd greatly appreciate it. So we will see you next time. Have a great day at school.